Nice. So yeah, when it megas, it gets dragon typing, right? It that's does. the thing. Grass okay. dragon. That's right, and it shoots its tail like a big missile. Yep. Oh, so cool, man! So cool. Oh, Pokemon used to be so cool. <laughs> and then we got Klefki, and it all went downhill. Oh, oh, you, oh, you. No, we got sandcastles, man, and that's metal. <laughs> tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. You get a flower crown, and you get a flower crown, and you get a flower crown. We have a lot of ground to cover, and some water, too. Take the Bulu by the horns with this new spring event. Careful there. Those shiny eggs look like they've turned to crime. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 187. It's April 12th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris. And as always, except for like that weird side extra thing I did last week, Actually, that was just yesterday. How the time flies. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. I will <laughs> I will take that. Although I know that you're underselling yourself right now because you've been texting me fervently <laughs> all day. Because Tuesdays, if people don't know, one of the reasons why we record on Tuesdays or try to is because that's one of Kyle's like static days off in his week. And so this man right here, I don't want to steal any fire or thunder or any other sort of strong elemental force from him. Uh, but I'm, you better have a story to tell. I'm excited because you haven't <laughs> told me all the details yet. Okay, Even off the okay. record, I got to know. But before we get started and talk about goals and apologizing yet again for being gone for about, uh, you know, now this is going to be almost two weeks of time, I suppose, ish. I want to give a shout out to brand new patrons of ours. Actually, it's it's one returning patron, Rocket Man. Thank you so very much. It's good to see you back in the Discord, man. Bradley, thank you so very much. And I'm not sure if we ever gave them a shout out, but thank you to Megablade for being a patron as well. They sent an email and just wanted to make sure that everything was straight. So absolutely, buddy. You're all squared away. Thanks so much again for the support. We appreciate you and everybody else as well. But of course, we'll talk more about patrons and patronage at the end of the show. Enough about that. Kyle, I, I got to know about your week, but uh-huh. we should probably knock out goals first, except that I think you already answered my goals from last time, right? Yeah, yeah. So you, you didn't set any new goals for this week, but you did set a Mudkip goal in our meantime. That's right. You and I, because we were not unable to record last week, time got away from us. Tuesday didn't work. Thursday, Friday, I was like kind of ill, so that wasn't going to work. And then our weekend was like scrapped. So <laughs> sorry about that. But uh, we are here and on Tuesday. Yahoo. <laughs> so I did tweet out our shiny goals because Kyle and I did meet up for Mudkip Community Day. Kyle set a goal of 10 shinies and I set a goal of 15. Now, Kyle, did you happen to snag 10 shiny mudkip that day? I didn't. I did catch more than 10 shiny mudkip. You sure did. And why don't you just go ahead and and go ahead? I caught 25. 25. (laughs) And I believe I've established, I'm not going to go back into any records, that's the most shinies I've caught for a three-hour community day. The next most being Chikorita at 21, and we thought that was insane. 
It was insane, mostly because you had several back to backs on Chikorita Day, but you had more back to backs. <laughs> and didn't you have a back to back to back as well? Uh, I don't know about that, but I had at least four back to back shiny mud kit. That's insane, man. That's insane. Ugh, what a good shiny. We'll talk more about uh, Mudkip Community Classic when we get into the news about our feedback, but that was our goal for sure. So, Kyle, you got to tell me. You, you said you played a lot today and you had a lot of luck. What did you do? Uh, so me and my girlfriend went out and we actually played today. She had the day off. It's one of the rare times where our days off coincide. Went out and played for probably almost four hours by the end of it. Lots of catching. Did a bunch of raids. It's like, hey, let's work on this rising star badge and do garbage raids that I would never in a million years do. I did a gramble, by the way. I think uh, I invited you to at least one of them. I didn't see that one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and I managed to catch five full odd shinies while I was out playing today. That's insane. That's insane. So give us the list. I know of one of them because you sent me a screenshot. But what about the uh, other? Alolan Rattata. Okay. Uh, male Nidoran. Rockruff from the raid. So that mm-hmm. was great. That's a good one. Uh, I think it's my third Talo and my second Shiny Bunnelby. Right really? at the end. Right at the end of Spotlight Hour. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. Did Did you catch a lot of Bunnelby during Bunnelby Hour? That no, I didn't. Candy. I totally forgot when we were distracted by watching a comedy special, and I <laughs> opened it up afterwards, and I'm like, Oh no, it was Spotlight Hour. <laughs> and I think it was Evolution it's yeah. XP, which I was going to do, and I just. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't have nearly as cool of a story, but the spring event, which we will talk about in the news section this week, started today. And with it came a collection challenge, right? Uh, My only humble brag I have for the day is that I open up my phone and in the one cluster spawn that I had, I finished the entire collection challenge. It was like perfect. It was like Noah's Ark just unloaded. That's that's pretty (laughs) hilarious. It it took me a hot minute because I had to find a Pikachu. Even when we went out, the Pikachu and the Baneri are not spawning very much at all. No, and actually, I'm a liar. The Eevee wasn't out there either, but the task, the free task I got for the day, gave me an Eevee. That's great. So I was like, woo. I think we'll talk more about the spring stuff in a second, though. But yes, yeah, absolutely. that I also managed to complete all of that while I was out for sure today, too. Awesome. I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, but before we get to all of that, which I'm very excited to talk about because you actually did some stuff with a special research on the launch day. Very excited. Uh, <laughs> you set some goals, though, even if though I didn't. So what were those goals? I'm hoping you wrote them down because I, I, did, I did write them down this time. I've got a note on my phone. Okay. I did it while me and D5 recorded. Okay. Uh, I had a goal to spend 2 million Stardust. Didn't matter on what, just to spend it. I I probably spent 2.5 million over the course of the last week and a half. Nice. So I'm down to about 3 million total. It, it hurt, but felt good at the same time. You have a personal security detail of maxed out <laughs> my champs now, or what's going on? I maxed out three Metagross, maxed out a Tangrowth and a Roserade because I needed to round out grass types. Maxed out a, a Tyranitar that was sitting at like level 30. Built like two or three Pokemon for PvP, including the Halloween Cup, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. And uh, a couple of other miscellaneous stuff in general. So it was a, it was successful uh, and fruitful expenditure. Yeah, a good shopping spree. You did it. <laughs> yeah. 
and it, it happened very very fast it was all over it maybe it was like 10 minutes oh yeah i mean like you know so the uh, it was like about a month ago i said oh i'm gonna spend some dust you find that one that's been at 35 and you have all that excel until 50 and you're like that's a cool four hundred thousand stardust down the tree yeah, or whatever i'm uh i'm looking forward to when i get to level what is it 47 and it wants you to max out three level 50s because that's when i'll finally do that yeah yeah i don't have, have anything at level 50 i was about to say you you've been juxtaposing yourself to to be successful with that yeah, right i have like you, i have many stuff i could take to 50 right now not like a large number but definitely a good amount did you do what other people did like for b drill they were like i'm gonna get mine to 49.5 or do you just have them sitting there no nah, they're just 40 it's except okay. for the ones i made xl for pvp i leveled up uh stunfisk already and mm-hmm. i did a meta champ because i had it and i wanted to use it yeah but other than that the candy enough. sitting there even for gengar who i'm thinking about doing my my hundred percent i have you know 300 xl just sitting there excellent excellent other goal was to do 30 gbl matches because it was Halloween Cup last week. And because and I DeFi did was staring at you across the virtual <laughs> podcasting table. <laughs> I did it. And yes, that is that oh, is partially nice. why. I did 40. And I probably will not do any more because I'm going to be honest. I don't like Halloween Cup that much. Which is ironic. I know. It's unfortunate. There's, there's too much poison. It's 75% poison. And it's just not very fun for me personally. Why do you like dislike poison type so much? Well, I, I don't personally dislike it. I just find it boring. Okay. All right. It's I, I'm not a huge fan of the typing, and it was just really boring when everything is just the same type. That's not even l- necessarily the same Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That's the last gotcha question I, I have for you this evening. Thank you for your time, Mr. President. <laughs> I appreciate it. And the last one is the tragedy of partake in the April Fool's event, and I did not. I am currently sitting on step one, catch three of the transform Pokemon. He was uh, I, I made fun of him a little bit for it on Mudkip Community Day, and he went off on me. <laughs> I was working. I didn't have any heads up. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> look, look, all I'm going to say is it said log in before noon or by noon to get the special research that day. And then it said nothing. And then it was like, oh, yeah, three o'clock to eight o'clock or whatever it was. Yeah. It'll spawning everywhere. And I'm like, well. I'm at work that entire time and I can't use an incense while I'm at work because I'm not going to get any spawns anyways. So yep. I think it yeah. was actually five days. I think it was much shorter. Yeah, was than even shor- yeah so yeah. It was even worse. That's even busier time. All yeah. things considered. Yeah. yeah, that's when you're like the busiest at work too. Ugh. goodness me. Anyway, um, well, so that's what completion except for April Fool's. So two out that's, of three. That's two out of three. Nice. Um, Good for you. I have DeFi's goals, but she only got back to me for one, although I think one is a very safe assumption, knowing oh. what we know for DeFi. Okay. First one was Best Buddy Steelix. She sent me that like a day after we recorded. <laughs> She's like, I got it done. The episode's not even out yet. I'm like, awesome. Nice. <laughs> the other one was build a Nemesis Cup and learn the meta. I think it's very safe to say now, 10 days later, that she got some extensive practice in for that one. Probably. And last one were is anybody's guess, but platinum backpacker metal. Hopefully I'll uh, be able to check in and get an actual answer from her for that one. Yeah, that's right. She was so close. She's got to have it by now for sure. I know for a fact that she went and did some rating for raid hour. So here's hoping that DeFi got some spins in. We'll have to ask. It's so funny because we talk about our two other co-hosts on this show. Like we never talked to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and in fact, I'm pretty sure we interface with both of them rather uh, on a daily basis. Almost a daily basis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, good job on your goals and good job slash good luck to DeFi on the rest of hers. Although I'm pretty confident she's got that in the back. Uh, but without further ado, let's hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. When I took that week off, not last week because uh, we both took that week off, <laughs> but two weeks ago, Kyle, when you introduced the news section, you said, without further ado, let's hop into the news. And my heart smiled. <laughs> it was great. I was like, oh, I was right with the world. Somebody is saying my lines. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. But enough with this self-gratification. We're going to hop into the news as promised. Now, we're going to cover a few events that have actually passed already. We want to touch on them and say one or two opinions on them. But we won't spend uh, over much time on them because why? (laughs) So the first thing is the April Fool's event. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think when you and DeFi were recording, the two of you were still speculating on that yep. event and your, <laughs> yeah. your your guess was eggs which would have been normally a safe bet i think but this time the rug was pulled out from the underneath the collective trainership and it was a lot of dittos dittos everywhere and then there was that short period of time where everything could be you know essentially ditto from five to eight on that one day uh shiny ditto was out and about all that good stuff kyle you didn't get a chance to you know, play during that time, but I did. And I went out and I caught, you know, a lot (laughs) of ditto managed one shiny. And I think it was fun. I don't think it was, you know, too much pizzazz or anything like that. It was a small change to a a different spawn pool for just a few hours. And I think this event was tiny, didn't overstay its welcome and was like, I don't know, done in a classy way. You know, there wasn't a hang Mm. on it. So I was a big fan from, from, I guess maybe the, the crosstalk you've seen or chatter online. Do you have an opinion? Oh, uh, well, I have two two things to say about this event. One, the ditto stickers are perfect. They are <laughs> so <laughs> incredibly good. I love them so much. Yeah. And two, the event is was really great, except the timing of it. And I think I'm gonna talk a little bit more about timing when we talk about Mudkip Day. So we'll uh we'll get there, but it's I didn't get to play it and I'm I'm kind of sad about that even more so because I'm going to stare at this research forever because I can't remember the last time I actually caught a ditto. <laughs> well, if you have more days like today as we move into the summer, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll find it happens more often than you would think. There's got to be spawns that can be ditto. They're, they're so few and far between. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, that was the April Fool's event kind of in its, in its entirety. Um, I have to agree with Guile. Those stickers were really really rad speaking of rad we had an all hands rocket retreat event which i think is such a weird name for an event yes, all hands rocket retreat what are we doing go to like a like a retreat for our corporation like our work are we gonna do trust fall exercises and and do some mind maps on whiteboards and breakout rooms i don't think so <laughs> Sorry. can you tell i've been to that before anyway when was this all hands rocket retreat event well it was from sunday april 3rd to thursday april 7th what's funny about this event is that even if we did have a regularly scheduled episode released relatively uh soon after like a friday we still would have missed this event (laughs) it was so short but there are some pokemon and other details that from this event that are important so i've pulled out the important information 
there was Salandit and Salazzle added to the uh, 12k egg pool. That's the Pokemon debut from this event. If you did not know, only female Salandit can evolve into Salazzle. And we'll talk more about those two later on in the show. Giovanni is slash was back. Use a super rocket radar to save Shadow Latias from his evil clutches. Shadow Latias, you say? We all say, why? <laughs> Giovanni, you know better than that. It wasn't a really overwhelming Shadow Pokemon, Shadow Legendary Pokemon, I should say, to save. <sighs> but it was all right. I mean, I don't know. No, no. I'm I'm going to let you finish, but I'm not going to. I will not let that stand. What? What's wrong with Shadow Latias? You think it's underwhelming? It's a it's tertiary entirety? legendary. It is tertiary legendary. Why? <laughs> Our last legendaries were the legendary birds. We got the legendary dogs. We got Ho-Oh and Lugia. You know why they didn't do it, but where is Groudon and Kyogre? It's literally what should have happened. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct as well. I think and, they'll, they might save those for Hoenn tour, I'd hope. But like, that's not a, that would be Apex. We've already, that, that should be what we should look forward to. We should already have them as Shadow by then. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. It's just, they know they're going to be broken. At the very least, Kyogre is going to be giga broken. So come on. It absolutely is a bummer, but Shadow Latias is Shadow Latias is Shadow Latias. So make sure you get one if you can. Uh, but also some new Shadow Pokemon were added to the Grunt pool. Uh, so newly added Shadow Pokemon you can save from Grunts include Alolan Rattata, Alolan Sandshrew, Alolan Executor, Pseudowoodo, Girafferig, and Nimmel. And then the three leaders also have different lead Pokemon. They were rotated. I, I mean, Sierra has Drowsy still. So it might have just been for this event and I might have missed it. But uh, yeah, they were shuffled. So, uh, I mean, did you get a chance to actually do all of this, Kyle? Did you finish this research? No, or absolutely no? not. I have the I'm on like step two of the research or something like okay. that. OK, you know, I'll work through it eventually. I'm not very excited to get a Shadow Latias. I'm not excited to get a Shadow Latios after this either. So, yeah, I, at least we know it's coming, I suppose. But I also <laughs> dislike that. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about this. I mean, and I, there are a couple, I didn't include all the details. Like you could TM frustration during this time, but how does knowing that now uh, affect your mental health if you missed it? I didn't want to bring that up. Oh, I just did that, didn't I? Yes. Darn it. <clears throat> anyway, you get the idea. I don't think there's much else to say about this event. It's nice to see Giovanni back in play in some way. Next up on the checklist is Mudkip Community Day Classic. Which was this past weekend. It was three hours, two to five. There was catch XP bonuses. Kyle and I met up. We hung out with his girlfriend as well. All three of us had a great afternoon playing. It was beautiful, if not a tad windy. Uh, but I think it was a rather successful Community Day Classic. Not a lot of complaints. Uh, can you think of anything wrong with it? The timing. Uh, okay, that's right. You did say you want to talk about that. So so yeah. go for it. What are your thoughts on that? Um so I'm trying to be reserved and wait until after Stuffle Day to really have this whole conversation about it. But Community Day Classic is three hours. We know this. They're, they're replicating the classic of the Community Day that we had three years ago. And they try to use the justification that when they change it for Stuffle, they're like, we've given you enough time so you can plan your day around this event. They want you to plan your day around it. I don't like that so much, but I do it anyway. So whatever. I know I'm in the minority there, though, so I just want to be aware of that. 
And then they give us like nine days alert for Mudkip Day. I'm not even joking. I almost couldn't do this. I almost couldn't even play Mudkip Day a second time. I just happened to be very lucky that I was able to get the shift that I was supposed to work that day covered. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point. But I guess my counterpoint would be, do they owe us the same amount of heads up for Community Classic as they do for standard Community Days? I would argue there's no difference at all. I, I would argue the right. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I would argue that your goal is to try and recapture a feeling for these days for people who might not have been there and the nostalgia sort of for people who were there. Mm-hmm. And your amount of time for heads up doesn't change either way. Yeah, I would agree with you, too. I just want to ask the question because I wasn't entirely sure because mm-hmm. in like in our brain, when we're thinking about them categorically right for the show, because that's at least I mean, I'm assuming that's the way your brain works because we communicate in this way. But we we put these things into categories, into sections. And to me, I had to separate Community Day Classic and Community Day because one was six hours, one was three hours and, you know, things like that. But they are honestly the same event and they serve the same sort of purpose. Yeah, so. they do. And well, and like this, this biggest worry that I have right now is they did this classic. They gave it really short notice, but it's Mudkip. It's a very important Pokemon, both because yeah. of popularity. It's a very popular Pokemon and also viability. It's very, very strong in Go. And now they're going to juxtapose it with the first three hour community day that we've ever had. That's going to have a variety of bonuses. It's a brand new Pokemon and a brand new shiny and I just they're going to use this justification that it was so popular for two community days in a row. We're going to stick with three hours. It's possible. I mean, it goes back to what you said when we talked about stuff when it was first announced too many changes at once. And so now they don't know what to attribute it to. And so they're going to attribute it to the wrong thing. Well, to the thing that doesn't have enough proof, I will say I'm not going to say it's wrong. Even if I think it is. That's true. But now that I've had a couple, actually, it's more like a few weeks to really ruminate on these things and and kind of just mull it over from a couple of different perspectives. I'm not entirely sure if the reasoning that was presented is actually, well, first of all, we know it's not the entirety of the reasoning, but I, I don't think it is even the best reason or a flagship reason. It is just a reason that they thought people would buy, you know, because I'm sure, you know, there's, there was at least I got to say, there's at least probably 10 or 11 pieces of data driven reasons behind making a big change like that, because why Mm -hmm. fixed what ain't broken sort of thing otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they were very forward with their whole like we're trying to get back to our core values sort of thing. So I don't know if they're just trying to put a shock to the whole system sort of thing. Well, the problem is that the the. The numbers and the, well, the statistic that they chose to use to present their idea was popularity and like player retention, like how much players played the day. There was also they said community leader feedback from Bulbasaur Look, Community we, Classic. We know that that means nothing. I yes, <laughs> it means nothing. It doesn't I, until mean nothing. I get the direct quotes. I've seen enough of major. Other content creators condemn the idea that yeah. until I see the ones who support it, I don't believe that that exists. But, but OK, hear me out. Right. Hear me out. When you and I when you and I talked about Bulbasaur Community Day Classic, one of the things that you and I both said was, hey, it was really nice to only play for three hours. But what we didn't say was, man, I wish 
regular community day was like that. They should really change it from six to three. We were like community classic for three hours. Perfect. That's awesome. It's a second chance. We also have a community during that month, but like, this is additional. That's great. But the implication of some of those pieces of feedback, I suppose, if they were taken out of context, is that people liked it for the three hours. No, it was just a nice change of pace for that particular kind of event. Yeah. You but, know, uh, so once like, again, that's where I think it like the miscommunication happened. Sorry. I, I think it's misrepresentative and that's kind of it. Right. And I don't want, and again, I think we're going to have a, a much more in-depth conversation about this for Stuffle. So I think, I think we can move on, but yeah. yes, Mudkip, the, the speed and swiftness of Mudkip's announcement and then eventual day just kind of shocked me. Definitely. We didn't have a chance to catch our breath sort of thing, <laughs> uh, but moving quite along, but moving right along here. The next thing is this Pokemon go community day meetups. Speaking of Stuffle community day, Trainers, we had an awesome time with you at the in-person Pokemon Go community day meetups in March. And we're excited to announce that these meetups will be coming to even more cities around the world on Saturday, April 23rd, 2022. Enjoy playing and trading with other trainers during Stuffle Community Day. You don't need to register to join the fun. Can't make it to one of our in-person events? Don't worry, you'll still be able to participate in Stuffle Community Day wherever you are. Our in-person Community Day meetups will happen on Saturday, April 23rd. From 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. local time. So just the the length of the event, essentially. Uh, there are a ton of locations. So I'm just going to go ahead and refer you to that complete list and the article that's linked in the show notes as per usual. It's like like 100 places. <laughs> it's a lot of places. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the one that we're most excited about is uh, Chicago, Maggie Daly Park. And we're going to be doing a meetup uh, there as well during their uh, time period at their official place. And we hope to potentially see you there. Of course, do what's comfortable for you. Uh, Social distancing, masking and all that good stuff. Chicago is a little claustrophobic sometimes. So bear that in mind. But look forward to potentially meeting some of you out there. Okay, and now we're getting into the big papa of news items this week. And that is, of course, the spring into spring event. Ooh, oh, my gosh. This is actually so much information. When I was writing this, I'm like, is this two <laughs> events? No, it's like two and a half events. Oh, boy. Trainers, springtime is here. And that means it's the perfect season to hatch eggs and celebrate the and celebrate with Pokemon wearing flower crowns. Themed Pokemon will also appear in the wild. When it's already started, actually started today, April 12th, and it's going to run through Monday, April 18th at 8 p.m. local time. Uh, a couple of Pokemon debuts, you're going to be seeing Togetic, Togekiss, and Lopunny wearing flower crowns, and Tapu Bulu is in raids. It's our third Tapu. It's got a big note. It's a bull. Nose ring. Bull. Get it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a bull. Uh, Gotcha. Bulu, bull. All right, cool, man. Cool. Bonuses for this event. Two times hatch candy, half hatch distance for eggs and incubators. Two times lucky egg duration. And Team Go Rocket Grunts will have more Shadow Wishmer and Shadow Execute in their parties. The eggs can be shiny as well, by the way. So that's pretty exciting. There's going to be a limited research day during this time as well. It's called an egg sighting spring surprise. It's happening this Saturday, April 16th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. Feature Pokemon are, of course, execute. Picking up tasks from spinning photo discs and stuff will give you encounters with execute. In celebration of the season of Alola, you'll be able to evolve execute during that time period. Not the entire event, but the enti- that, that time period, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. this Saturday. 
Uh, you can evolve and execute into an Alolan executor that knows the charged attack Draco Meteor, which is like ridiculous if you think about it too long. In both trainer battles and gyms and raids, by the way, uh, that move has 150 power. Very strong. Fair warning for everybody. Alolan executor with Draco Meteor is not good. Don't be tricked. But it is fun. It is fun. And yes. it's going to be limited. So it's good to get. But don't bring it as a dragon type attacker unless you don't have any other options. Dragonite, Salamance, Garchomp, Rayquaza, even uh, I can't think of a budget option off the top of my head right now. Uh, oh, no. For dragon typing? Yeah. Charizard. No, it doesn't have dragon type. <laughs> I'm gonna look. It okay, full dragon stick, set. Stick, stick to the dragons. Alolan Executor has really, really high DPS and abysmal TDO. So it's a good grass type, though. That all being said, if all of you listening don't have six of these by the end of this event, I will personally be really disappointed. <laughs> yes. Uh, bonuses for this small period again in this large time period for the overall event. On top of the bonuses we already listed from eleven to two is going to be additionally two times catch experience. That's actually pretty cool. Encounters during that period of time again, Bulbasaur, Oddish, Paris, Bellsprout, Tangela, Chikorita, Sunkern, Trico, and Dot. If you don't see the theme, it's grass. Come on. Come on. Work with us here. All right. Next up, Go Battle Day, Beginner's Paradise. This is happening the next day, Sunday, April 17th, from 12 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. local time. It's all day. With the beginner-friendly Great League and Little Cup active, XP from Time to Research available, and an avatar item up for grabs, there's never been a better time to try out the Go Battle League. So there's that for our, our battlers out there. Ula Ula Island Special Research, available to collect from April 12th to June 1st. Throughout the season, you'll be able to complete different special research lines to learn about each of the islands in Alola. These special research lines will be available to collect until the season ends on June 1st. If you complete them by June 1st, you'll unlock a bonus special research line at the end of the season. I have a question for you, Kyle. When we first read through the stuff for this season, did they mention that completing these was going to unlock something at the end of the season? I thought um, we just assumed that. I'm like 80% certain they said there was going to be a mystery. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because this verbiage looked new to me. And I was like, did we already know this? I don't know. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Make sure you're doing your special research, folks. Whatever that surprise is, uh, it'll probably be also available to purchase if you haven't done the special research. So don't be wanting at the end. <laughs> this season just do it no big deal uh, so wild encounters for the overall event except for that 11 to 2 time where the spawns will change wild encounters for this event include pikachu with a flower crown nidoran both male and female jigglypuff eevee with a flower crown wishmer beniri with a flower crown bunnelby chancy with a flower crown and togetic with a flower crown i hope all of you don't have any serious flower-based allergies. It's going to be an <laughs> awful week. Uh, also, I did look it up. They did say there was an end of season research. Oh, excellent. Okay, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong in that case because that would have been kind of burying the lead in a lot of ways. <laughs> Great. Good to hear. Uh, for eggs for this event, the only pool they're shaking up is the 2K. So you can hatch a Pichu with a flower crown, Iglybuff, Azuril, Munchlax, Happiny with a flower crown, Togepi with a flower crown, Execute because why not? 
Everybody loves hatching an egg and getting more eggs. And uh, the rarer are Chingling and Riolu, which is always nice getting a Riolu. Love it. And then for raids, Tapabulu's in Tier 5. That's not a surprise. Field research task encounters will give you encounters with Eevee, Pikachu, Baneri, and Chansey, all of course sporting a flower crown. There's a collection challenge during this event. Complete the collection challenge to contribute to your elite collector medal and earn 2,000 experience, 2,000 stardust, and an encounter with Togetic wearing a flower crown. Mine was not shiny. Boo hiss. <laughs> Stickers. You know the drill. Bottom of the shop. Spin stops. Open gifts. All that sort of stuff. They're not ditto stickers, but they're all right. Yeah, they're, they're fine. They're fine. They're, they're cute, but yeah, they're just all right. Yeah. Hey, are the are the Ditto stickers the uh, great ghastly of stickers? Um, <laughs> I have not paid enough attention to every single sticker release, but they are very up there. There were a bunch of really cute ones. I want to say was it a half a year or a year ago of like Pikachu and Eevee like uh, drinking out of a Ditto mug of coffee and stuff. Those are very cute. Uh, some of the ones we had, I don't remember if it was how this last Halloween or the one before that were also very cute that I liked a lot. Yeah, they've been they've been doing a good job. And uh, if you can make Kyle go, oh, man, those stickers, those are all right. Uh, they're phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, they're phenomenal. Um, all right. We have one last piece to do. But Kyle, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you for your opinion on this spring event while it is like previous spring events it's unlike previous spring events in that there's like more stuff going on in many events sprinkled throughout uh i mean research day with executes pretty great that and that's kind of about it i'm really neutral on the flower crown stuff it's not really for me so i will take the chances at the bundle b which you know actually succeeded this time so i'm very excited about that Mm-hmm. And that's kind of about it. I'm really, really hopeful for a decent chunk of experience from this timed research for Go Battle Day, but not that hopeful. I'm, I'm expecting to be disappointed. <laughs> Are you going to do your sets on that day? Yeah, for sure. Once it's Great League, I'm going to do more for this season, I think. I'm excited that Little Cup is coming back as well. Little Cup is garbage, and I, uh, it's all right. I, I stand by that. You can stay over there with your great league and I'll be over here with my little cup, my my bronzor smashing his face into the other bronzor's face. God. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a couple of call outs here before we actually put this event to bed. Uh, catch your bunnelby. Good XL candy. Shiny flower crown Pokemon are always really good trading fodder. People love shiny flower crown Eevee. That was a whole thing for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And Alolan Executor with that Draco Meteor for that uh, weekend event this Saturday is a lot of fun and you should do that all right last piece of news is that team skull avatar items were added to the shop and i've simply written take my money it is not only clothing it's also they're like pose you know like where they're throwing their hands around and stuff like that it is the funniest thing i've seen in this game in a long time i went into a raid lobby earlier and there were like two or three people just like it is i love it it's so good (laughs) <laughs> I love Team Skull. Yeah, it's it's spectacular. So, and on a high note, go get those avatar items if that's something for you. Uh, but I suppose that's the end of the news section. So I'm going to toss over to Kyle and we're going to go into Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, it's a little bit late because I wrote it intended for last week, but I think it's still important. Is What's the big deal with Swampert? All right. So you have more 
hydrocannon swampers than you can hold in your arms. What are you supposed to do with them? Well, I hope you know by now, hydrocannon is really good. It's it's pretty much the most busted charge move in the game relative to energy costs and damage. I think it competes with Shadow Ball, but I'd have to double check the numbers. Hydrocannon is bonkers. Hydrocannon definitely benefits probably more from the like stab in scenarios that Shadow Ball doesn't as often. But like in general, if a, another type had the stats of Hydrocannon, it would be the best move in that type. Yes. Without question. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where does that leave Swampert? In PvE, Hydrocannon Swampert is the best non-legendary water type attacker in the game. Now, usually this list includes more nons, but that's not the case because Swampert has a shadow. So shadow Hydrocan Swampert is the best non-legendary water type if you include shadows, which I usually don't. And we don't have it in the game yet, but it also has a mega. And in which case it's going to continue to be the best in its category. Who knows? We'll get the Mega probably when we get like a Hoenn tour or something like that. Drop all three Megas at the same time. Break everybody's brain. Oh, my gosh. That would be the most incredible event. (laughs) I I think if you break it down, though, Mega Swampert is the only one that matters amongst those three. Although something will have to be said for the other two. It's just they're not in the same category without a Mega. Yeah. Now, Hydrocannon Swampert's not dramatically better than Kingler, who is your other budget option, but it's much better than other budget options. For comparison, Kingler has a 16.9 DPS and 371 TDO, pretty squishy. Hydrocannon Swampert has 15.6 DPS and 494 TDO, a lot more bulk, but less DPS. Swampert's very good. If you don't oh, yeah. have a team of Kyogre, Swampert with Hydrocannon is the go-to. Now, don't get hit by a blade of grass because that's going to cause you problems. One bullet seed and you're going to fall over. Crab hammer, more like crab grass. <laughs> <laughs> Was that worth cutting you off for? Yes. Absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> now for PvP, I hope if you take any part in PvP, you already know this, but Swampert is an absolute monster. Just crushes things in its path. If you've done any PvP, you've probably ran into a Swampert that's ruined your day. For some comparisons, it's one of the few Pokemon that has viability in every single standard league. It's rank 12 in Great League, rank 6 in Ultra League, and rank 53 in Master League. This is assuming level 50 xl so that's a that's a big ask so it it's kind of falling off in master league but rank 53 is still really really good swamper is a very much a dominating force in pvp in general and you want to plan around encountering one if you're playing an open league now it's best move sets if in great league it's mudshot and hydro cannon sludge wave and if it's an ultra league or master league you want mudshot and Hydro Cannon with Earthquake. Time to change my Great League Swampert 
It's time. I'm pretty sure he's had Earthquake since I've used him for the first time. <laughs> Alternatively, my Shadow Ultra League Swampert has had Sludge Wave this entire time. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Chris, did you get any good pvp swampers or were you already set from community today past yes yeah, so uh, so i had uh, uh, that really good ultra league one I have, I have a really good ultra league one that's both shadow and i have one that's not shadow as well uh and they're both like you know sub rank 100 or whatever i consider that kind of successful that's fine i think when you and i were talking if it's like in the top 50 like yeah, mm-hmm. that's taken care of yeah. that's fine pretty much done in my opinion. Uh, but you and I both managed to get the same Great League Mudkip yeah, um, that day. What rank was that? It was low. It was like 31 or something like uh, that. Rank 15. Rank 15. Even much it was better than that. 115.13 or That's something right. like that. It was that. Yes. And yeah, so rank yep. 15 Great League. Very, very nice. Very happy to have that. Much better than my last one. Yeah, and I'm not too worried about uh, a master league one because i don't no, play goodbye. master league i but if i had a, a hundo i would max it out because i am doing that with my hundos so i suppose i would have built one anyway i just never would have used it <laughs> so did you get anything else besides that rank 15 great league one i thought you uh, got like i got a, a rank 12 ultra league one awesome that's awesome you also got a nundo right I did get a Nundo. I, yeah. It's the first one I think I've ever gotten, at least that I've caught or paid attention to. So. And kept, saved, labeled. <laughs> yes, labeled. I also caught like a like a one percent, a two percent, or whatever. It's a zero zero one. I'm Must just like two, baby. <laughs> awesome. That's uh, spectacular. So Modkip, fantastic. I'm glad to have gotten a chance to take part in a community day for it, and I hope everybody else out there had as much success. And is now swimming in Swamp Hurts. Now it's time to move on to Pokalore. All right. This week, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about two brand new Pokemon. We're going to be talking about Salandit and Salazzle, the toxic lizard Pokemon. And uh, just a heads up for everybody that's listening. Uh, this Pokedex entry is a little spicy. So yeah, a little it's bit. It's a little spicy. I'm excited. Salandit first. Salandit is found around volcanoes or arid environments. From the marking at the base of its tail, it can emit both toxic gas and flames. The gas is created by burning body fluids and has a sweet odor that causes dizziness. However, bug Pokemon are attracted to the scent and are common prey. Oh, my poor buddies. The female can also release pheromones that attract males of all species, including humans. Additionally, that's problematic. Additionally, these pheromones may cause opponents to be controlled by this Pokemon's will. Because of this, male Slandit offers its food to females, leaving it malnourished and unable to evolve. While it is not a powerful Pokemon, it is able to unbalance opponents with its cunning techniques. It does have difficulty with Spinda, since that Pokemon is already off balance. Good lord. What? Yeah, I love it. Oh my, okay. That's right. Hey, you know what? Hey, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would also give all of my berries if I was a Salandit to a pretty girl Salandit. Yeah, absolutely. I don't need to eat, babe. Take my food. That's fine. Salazzle. Salazzle can be found deep in caves with a reverse harem of male Salandit. The males are attracted by the pheromones and the poisonous gas created by Salazzle. The males bring in food, and those that are unable to are punished with flaming slaps. <laughs> Salazzle's gas can also be diluted to make perfumes. Only female Salazzle exist, as the male Salandit cannot evolve due to a malnutrition diet. 
The winners of a competition between two salazzle are determined by who has the most male salandis <laughs> in their harem. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like, uh, I don't know. It, how would you put this Pokemon before we talk I, about stats? Look, I don't like this Pokemon, okay? <laughs> yeah, this Pokedex entry makes me uncomfortable. I love Salandite. Big fan. I don't like Salazzle. That's fair enough. I think Salazzle is cool, um, but that's about it. <laughs> I just think it's neat and, and interesting. I don't really have a, a true, like, I don't know, any affection towards the Pokemon design, I suppose. But let's talk about some statistics. Maybe there's something redeeming in here. There, there's not. Max CP at level 40, 2479 at 502802. 169 stamina, 130 defense, and 228 attack. That's a pretty reasonable attack score. Best move set. <laughs> poison jab with poison fang or fire blast, or incinerate with poison jab and sludge wave. You can, of course, you know, swap those around if you're trying to do a certain type of, you know, stab combination, but you have options between fire and poison there. So, yeah, no over amounts of love for this Pokemon, but Slandit is really, really cool. I I kind of think that Salazzle sort of looks like a middle evolution almost, and that there was supposed to be a third evolution. I need a regional form of Salandite into Salazzle, but it's not Salazzle. It's its own unique evolution for male only. And oh yeah, they, just an invert and, somewhere else. Yeah, and if they wanna, if they wanna go with this design, I just, I need the Salandite's evolution to just be like the biggest, buffest, like bodybuilder type Pokemon design you could possibly imagine. It like, steals just, all of its food from the weak females <laughs> and its in its uh, group. Just, like just, complete opposite. Just to like to the comical point where its muscles are so big it actually can't move, so it needs other Pokemon to bring it food. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the bee and queen bee is for buff. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, okay. I, I love that image in my head, but we're going to move along here uh, into the polka pole. Last week's question was what classic community are you most looking forward to and why? First response from Nick Bunce. And they said, Squirtle, because if I'm ever going to get my fiance to play, it's going to be Squirtle Day. Also, Beldum, because I really want a shiny hundo for when Mega Metagross is a thing. Plus, can you imagine having that much Beldum XL? Yeah, for sure. Although, Chris and I talked about this. I walked away with about 90 XL from Mudkip. So, classics are not going to rake in that XL, but it's still going to be good. Uh, I actually did some transferring and I got I'm going to probably end at about 230, I think, total. Yeah, but you, you started with about 60. I so. sure did. So, so yeah. Yeah, about around the same. Wait, that's not that's not around the same. I still got more than me. I mean, I haven't transferred any, so it's OK. Oh, OK. Sorry. Uh, do you want me to just keep reading? Do you want to alternate? Um, I just talked a whole lot, if you wouldn't mind. That's fine. Next one's from Sparky02, Lavatar and Rhyhorn. Think the best test for would it make a good community classic is if you get excited to catch the Pokemon if it spawns in the wild. For example, we just had Gibble and still grab them if they spawn. So could definitely see that coming back in a few years. For sure. I'm ready. My body is ready 
for Lavatar Classic because you know it will happen. It's just going to be win. Absolutely. I do have to say, though, I do, I completely agree with this feeling about Gibble. It is kind of weird. We had a Gibble community day. You and I both had several shiny Gibbles even before that day. And yeah. I still like will go out of my way to get a Gibble. I mean, I'll still go out of my way to get a Bagon. I have no yeah. use for Salamance and a Bagon small. I'm like, oh, Bagon. Click. Yeah. There was a wild Just, Salamance that, in my yard today. Really? Isn't that nuts? It's, but it's it's that lizard brain. It's just like, oh, something. Need it. You yeah, know? Yeah. You don't you don't need to control it. It just does it. Oh, a dragon type, one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next one's from Venusy Prime. They said, for non-pseudos, it's Trico. For whatever reason, I either wasn't able to play it all then or was still dipping in and out of the game at that point. Either way, I missed the community day, and my only shiny Sceptile came from a trade with a friend. For pseudos, it's Metagross for the same reason of missing the day. Oh, that's that's heartbreaking right that's there. That's a big miss. That's that's heartbreaking. I, yeah. I feel the I feel the pain for sure. Those elite TMs were uh, they, they saw many a meteor mash before anything else. Yeah, they, I'm sure. At, at a time they were made for Metagross and Mewtwo. Uh-huh. Next one's from Timma Rap. If I'm saying your name wrong, please correct me. I apologize. I would love to see a Rhyhorn Community Day classic. Every so often, I face off against a Rhyperior in Master League and am a little jealous. Original Community Day, I was at a retirement party for my partner's co-worker. I thought, great, I can discreetly play all afternoon since I won't know a lot of people. The party was at a beautiful remote location in the Vermont mountains, and there was no cell service. Womp womp. <gasps> Needless to say, I am lacking some rock record Rhyperiors. Oh, tragedy. It is. Absolute tragedy. This is why we're looking forward to Community Day Classics in general. Everybody, everybody's got one of these stories that I love hearing about them to commiserate with my Mudkip day now. Mm-hmm. I just finished transferring the rest of my Mudkip, by the way. Mm-hmm. 229 is where I'm at. 229? How many Mudkip did you transfer approximately? Uh, Probably about 600 total or 500. Really? Yeah. I, I only caught about 500. I just transferred Sunday. 343 right now and I transferred 200 earlier and I know I transferred around 50 on the day. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe when we start some transitioning, I'll transfer mine to see because that's crazy. I, I have the absolute worst luck community day xl candies it's, it's just xl candies just hate you in general man i mean re- regular pokemon it hasn't been terrible but yeah next one's from triptando and they said i'd love to see lavatar and Beldum most of all hopefully a tie-in with their mega debuts afterward or something but those are bound to happen anyway i think so my answer will be something else i would love to see dratini classic community day yeah but with a twist when Pokemon Go did those community day votings, it was alongside three other options. The winner, Rock Wrecker, Rhyperior, and the two other options, Payback Machamp and Weatherball Alolan Ninetales, abbreviated as we have learned as A9. A9. A9 and K9. I, I take offense to the K9 being used for Kanto Ninetales, but yeah, it, it's what the community does. Both of those got their moves. Machamp even on a community day. The fourth option from back then is the one I'd like to see now, Superpower Dragonite. We don't really need the old community day move of Draco Meteor when it has Outrage in its current move pool for PvE. For PvP, Dragon Claw plus Superpower would be really cool. So it's a redo community day, but with a new move, they planned on giving it ages ago already. 
hard to argue with that, I suppose. It's It's harder to get excited about superpower on Dragonite. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's not very exciting to me, but it is surprising they haven't just done it since they did it for Ninetales. And yeah. my champ got the day anyways. Yeah. But I agree with the logic of this that they might as well. Why not? It makes a lot of sense. It's a popular Pokemon. People will be excited about it. They were already playing on the move. Logically makes a lot of sense. I just don't personally harbor any excitement for Super yeah. Night, but I would love to have one. <laughs> yeah. That said, I do believe that uh, Draco Me- Outrage to Draco Meteor is more of a side grade in the general scheme, depending on the Pokemon. Because, like, Dragonite got Draco Meteor, but Salamence got Outrage. And before that, they each had the other move, except it made Salamence better and Dragonite was just kind of almost the same. Yep. So, yeah, it, w- it would be very hard also to get excited about Draco Meteor if that were to happen, too. So. I would be excited about XL Candy, though. I've got two yes, Hundo Dragonites I need candy that for. Said, we got like an event that was just like only Dratini spawns. It still wasn't back enough. in May. Still wasn't enough. You didn't play hard enough. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, that's true. You also true. didn't do 100 trades a day. That's so true. All right, stop it. <laughs> going to move on. Next one's from Rocketman. They said, hey there, GoCast guys. Long time no talk on my end. Anyways, mine would have to be Trico as I did not get to participate last time. The little grass guy has always been a favorite of mine since I picked him as my starter in my copy of Ruby when it came out. Me too. (laughs) He has a great shiny, which I have only ever gotten once, Pokemon Sun through breeding, and I'd love to get a crack at some in Go. Anyways, I'll end it there as I could go on with the Trico love, but instead I'll say thank you for the question, and I hope you have a good show. Thank you very much, Rocketman. Also, Big love for Trico. Huge fan. Although I love all three Hoenn starters. They're all so good. Yeah, they are really, really good. I, there isn't anything about those or even their metal, middle evolutions that I dislike. I think they're pretty solid all the way through. Yeah, it's it's one of the few times where I don't really have much to say about any of a starter, a generation starters. Grovile is cool, man. Yeah, but like uh, Marsh Stomp is just funny. So I love like, Marsh Stomp's eyes that yeah, blink stare. <laughs> It's a perfect evolution great. from Mudkip, but so is. is Grovile in between Trico and Sceptile. It's great. Yeah, I have. A, there's a real big space in my heart for Sceptile. I love Sceptile. I think he's really, really neat. Sceptile is the first Pokemon I ever legitimately got to level 100 without cheating. Just nice. grinding, and it was awful. Nice. So yeah, when it Megas, it gets Dragon typing, right? It That's does. the thing. Grass okay. Dragon. That's right, and it shoots its tail like a big missile. Yep. Oh, so cool, man. So cool. Oh, Pokemon used to be so cool. <laughs> and then we got Klefki, and it all went downhill. Oh, oh, you. Oh, you. No, we got Sandcastles, man, and that's metal. <laughs> <laughs> Our last one's from Donkey Biscuits, and they said, joking a bit, but I'd be happy for another Pikachu day. I don't need any more shiny or four star, but Pikachu is just the best. On a more serious note, then, Beldum or Lavatar, just because I need the XL candy. Look, I'm not going to lie. I would not say no to a Pikachu day. Just so that I could get my platinum medal for a Pikachu fan. I can't believe you don't have it, man. I don't catch Pikachu. I don't like catching Pikachu. I avoid them for the most part. I have like 450 (laughs) caught. Like I 
I think the ultimate, ultimate juxtaposition from the start of this podcast till now, though, I have 450 Pikachu caught. When we went to the first Go Fest, they spun a dial and they're like, this is Pikachu. Who has caught the most, the closest to Pikachu's deck entries worth of Pikachu? And mm-hmm. Pikachu's like Pokemon 26 or something like 25. that. 25. 25, yeah. And I had caught 23 up to that point. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was so close to being perfect. And that just reminds me every time. Did somebody have 25? They, they, someone did oh have 25. Oh my gosh, dude. It was impossible. We talk about this all the time. It was impossible <laughs> to win anything there. Like, who has the most Pokeballs? And they're like, I've got 18,000. You're like, how is that possible? I don't know. Niantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as long as it doesn't take the space of a regular one, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good deal. Moving on. This week's PokePole, if GoFest was permanently assigned to the same city every year for the live experience, what city would be the best and why? And no, it has been a couple of years. So if you started playing Go during pandemic time and you didn't get to experience a full Pokemon Go live experience, what we mean when we say that is basically like a, a ticketed experience in a park, a completely separate gaming experience physical habitat set up merchandise food trucks it's a whole thing that's what i'm referring to with this question um so kyle is your answer also chicago <laughs> look okay so it's hard to not be biased because we live within an hour of chicago it's nice yeah um my, my answer is chicago for biased and unbiased reasons biased because i live near it i like chicago unbiased because chicago is a fantastic tourist city it it has all the accommodations you need and it also has something that can make it worth a week trip for everybody because chicago has a little bit of everything it does that said i've never been to seattle so (laughs) i can't wait to see what that's like and i may be like you know what I, i stand corrected in a few months i think you're really going to like seattle yeah, I'm I'm excited both for, for go and also other stuff. So oh, it's going to be great. Oh, we're going we're to have a little uh, man vacation. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. oh it's going to oh, be a great time. We're going to play oh, yeah. a lot of ping pong and catch a lot of Pokemon. I no, love there's ping pong. There's really. Yeah, I love ping pong. I haven't played in like a decade. How have we never played? Or like, actually, it's not surprising you and I haven't played ping pong. But how have we not talked about this? I like ping pong, too. I'm awful at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. OK, good. OK. All right. It will be perfectly even. We're going to file that away for another time. That'll be great. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) my answer is also Chicago for the same reasons you gave. I I think it is honestly a great tourist city, great location. But of course, I'd be remiss to not say that there are also other cities that qualify for those same reasons. So in the interest of, I guess, variety, I'll give a second answer. And it's not going to be Seattle, although I think that is going to be spectacular. I very much would like to play um, in New York City more often. Now, with what we've done with the parks in Chicago is always really cool, but it would be incredible if we had like half a Central Park to ourselves or something. Oh, my gosh. I will counteract that and say that New York might be a fantastic place to play go. I don't think New York is a good place to host an event. Yeah, I I think that would be. I don't. I don't know enough about New York's like specific layouts. It doesn't have the space to easily section off for go. You know, yeah. you can't just commission half of Central Park. I mean, I, I guess you could if you were really big enough, but 
that doesn't happen. It's also that like Central Park is there's there are some wide open areas for sure, but it is mostly comprised of other places and other things like a zoo, yeah. restaurants, a pond, yeah. some winding paths, lots of trees. It's not really big open. If you've been to Go Fest in Chicago in the last uh, the two times they held it. Well, more than two times, but yes. Three times. Three times they held it. I didn't go to the first one, so I can't speak for 2018 it. 2018 was bad. 2019 was good. 2020 was good. And you came to that one. No, you were there in 2019 as well, weren't you? Yeah, 2017 they did one. That's when they launched Raids. Yes, 2017. That's when you got heat stroke. <laughs> it was sun poisoning. I know, was- I know. <laughs> that would explain my brain now, I suppose. Uh, but, but yeah, they're in parts of the city where it's big, open. There's no buildings for hundreds of feet. And so I don't know how that translates to New York. But again, that's just because I'm uncultured well, and I don't know. The, the reason that I'm bringing that up in particular is security reasons. Out in Chicago, you're out in the middle of a big field. Yeah, there's tents and stuff, but you can see everybody. If something's yeah. wrong or somebody yells, you're going to hear them. You're going to see them. But Central Park, there's like, you know, bridges, things to hide under, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it would be fun to play there, but I think you have a good point. Maybe not permanently. Maybe not permanently. But anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer to this week's Pokeball question, which is, if GoFest was permanently signed to the same city every year for the live experience, what city would be the best and why? You can answer the question we posted on social media to our Twitter account, at GoCastPodcast. You can also answer it if you're a patron of ours in our Poll channel in our Discord server. More about that at the end of the show. You can send us a voicemail by calling 262-586-7717 and leaving a message, including your Pokepole answer. Or finally, you can, of course, send us an email the old fashioned way to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we get to any voicemails, emails, whatever is on the other side of this rainbow ahead of us, which is, of course, our PvP corner segment with Fish and DeFiE, they're going to be talking a little bit about Nemesis Cup and uh, go battle day and all this fun information that we've all just been kind of trudging through for the past almost an hour my goodness kyle <laughs> so over to you fish and defy e hi i'm fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that has no issues with Bronzor whatsoever. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, taking a look at the Great League right now, we are in April 12th to April 19th, Open Great League and OG Little Cup. So just like you mentioned, those Bronzor get them ready. Pretty much everything you're going to see out there is either going to be a Bronzor team or like triple Bronzor counters. <laughs> so really be sure that you are ready to go with those out there. Uh, a lot of common Bronzor counters. You've got things like Seal with Lick, Barboach, Vulpix, uh, things like that. Yep, Mud Boys, Fire, anything that has a ghost type fast move. I uh, have been just playing with what I've got built for the most part because I don't want to spend too much Stardust at the moment, but I was convinced to build an Alolan Sandshrew, and that has been such a fun and cute little number um, with the steel ice typing and the Powder Snow Night Slash combination. It does quite well against Bronzor and a whole bunch of other things as well. So I'm really liking that one. 
Maybe you might run it this weekend for Go Battle Day Beginner's Paradise on April 17th. This is all day, 24 hours. There will be a timed research that awards, quote unquote, a lot of XP. Also, trainers who complete a set at any rank during this Go Battle Day will receive Gladion's Hoodie Avatar item. If you already received it, if you're already at rank 20, you don't get another one. There's only one. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. It's enough Gladion hoodies for you. Yes, Uh, but it's a good opportunity for trainers. All you have to do is complete one set. So it's a really good time to dive in and give it a shot. After this rotation, we're looking at Open, Ultra League, and Retro Cup. We'll talk more about Retro Cup in a little bit, but just a reminder, it's Steel, Dark, and Fairy types are banned. Looking one more week ahead, we've got April 26th to May 3rd will be Open Master League and the Kanto Cup. During this time, there will be Triple Win Stardust. And the only Pokemon that will be allowed in Kanto Cup are Dex numbers 1 to 151. So that includes regional things like uh, Galarian Pokemon, Hisuian Pokemon, Alolan Pokemon. So for example, Alolan Marowak, since Marowak it's a Kanto Pokemon, it's Alolan form counts as well. So things like that. So with the GBL dates out of the way, it's time to move on to Sylph, and that is the Nemesis Cup. By the time this comes out, the GoCast podcast tournament will have started. That is, so April 14th for patrons. 48-hour rounds. Have you settled on your team, DeFi? I have. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, I practice with my team. I'm currently 2-0 and in Nemesis Cup right now. Ooh, okay. But I don't know how long that's going to last, but I have a very solid, strong start. I'm excited to talk more about the GoCast tournament and my team next week. It took me uh, just an insanely long time to actually settle on a team. I, I ended up only settling because I had to, because I already missed out on uh, the BTW uh, podcast tournament and my Go Stadium lobby tournament uh, because I just wasn't ready to finalize a team. So to avoid missing out on any more of the tournaments that I usually play, I had to just settle on something and I'm hoping that I don't regret it. We'll have to see. One thing I wanted to point out is we do have the dev notes for the Nemesis Cup. And just like I talked about with Kyle, they did give us some answers about the fighting category. Why is Quagsire? And I'm just imagining it with its little, little like fin like hands. Slap hands. A, slap hands <laughs> as a fighter. So I'm just going to read right from the dev notes. As we fiddled with the allowed and banned typings, we thought having the option of using limited ground types would give an interesting dynamic to the Nemesis theme. Quagsire, Flygon, and Excadrill were the chosen ones, which we felt had enough merit to consider using, while having enough flaws to make competitors who pick them question their opportunity cost, as selecting them would be missing out on counter users, Obstagoon, Lucario, and Blaziken, or the more versatile Gallade, Polyrath, and Chestnut. Oh, and Pangoro, of course. So really appreciated reading through these dev notes, giving us a little bit more information about the Nemesis Cup in general. Fish, was there anything that stood out to you? I really like this kind of balanced way that they've approached the whole slot team building idea. Like they've had slot team building concepts in the past and they've had kind of mixed results with it the fact that two of the slots come from 
pre-approved lists and then the rest are more of a general pool of Pokemon. I think it's done a really nice job so far of really directing people on different paths with their team building to give it like a nice solid amount of variety without it being too crazy difficult to actually settle on a a complete team like for example Venture Cup was back in season three. So we're excited to talk more about the Nemesis Cup next week. But for now, let's talk about the Retro Cup. The Retro Cup, I stated the rules earlier, but just for another quick refresh, no steel, no dark, no fairy types. At the time of recording, it's currently Wednesday, April 13th. PB Poke has not released their Retro Cup rankings yet. However, you can go into custom rankings and fiddle around and kind of do the rankings yourself. They're not going to come out exactly as they will on PV Poke with the official rankings, but you can usually get pretty close. Fish, when you ran your own ranking system, what did you notice? Uh, so Cresselia was up the top with a 100 out of 100 score. It's rare to almost non-existent for the official rankings to have a Pokemon at 100 at the top. So just keep that in mind. But for, for the custom rankings, yeah, Cresselia was... Uh, way up the top there then both the shadow and regular wall rain trevenant defense deoxys both shadow and regular abomasnow altaria snowy cast form dragauji lickitung and both forms of nidoqueen with the dark and steel types gone in retro cup psychics get a whole lot better because uh, you don't really have a lot of those hard walls to them but then fighting gets way worse, both because they don't have those dark and steel targets anymore, and there's a lot more psychic types running around. Pokemon like that Chrysalia. Now, there's a group of Pokemon in Open Great League that I like to call the Axis of Evil, and that is Azumarill, Galarian, Stunfisk, Bastidon, and Metacham. You could probably add Walrein to that now as well, but of those first four, three of them are are banned under the banned typing. So Azumarill being a fairy type, Galarian, Stunfisk, and Bastidon both being steel types, they will not be around anymore. And that just creates this entirely different environment. As for Medicham, um, it is obviously still there, but it's not quite as relevant because of that whole psychic fighting interplay that we were talking about. So uh, counter users don't have as much play. And uh, even though... It's not weak to Psychic like other fighters are. It still doesn't do particularly well against Psychic types like your Defense Deoxys, like your Hypno, etc. In this new environment, you're going to see a lot more Ghost and Dragon type Pokemon. There are no Dark types to wall the Ghost type Pokemon. So Ghosts are only going to have to watch out for normal type Pokemon like Lickitung, who can use a Ghost type fast move and the Ghost can't really do a whole lot to it. There are also no fairies or steel types to wall the dragons, so dragons just have to watch out for ice. Speaking of dragons that have to watch out for ice, let's talk about Altaria fish. Yeah, I am really happy to see Altaria probably being relevant in a meta again, because it was like, so back in the yesteryear of PvP, um, Altaria was one of the very first like superstars. It was one of those Pokemon that was like, you had to have it. Um, and it just beat so many things that you didn't even think it should beat. 
But with the slow introduction of just hard wall after hard wall, it was Azumarill, then it was Bastiodon, then it was Galarian Stunfisk, and then it was Walrein. Like, so many massive, massive Pokemon just was so devastating against Otaria that it just stopped being wise to run one. Hopefully we see a lot of it in this meta. A couple pairs of Pokemon that might work out well for you. Try pairing together maybe a Hypno and your Lickitung so that those two Pokemon cover each other well. And Hypno has a wide variety of charge moves to choose from. One of the first kind of Swiss Army Knife Pokemon because you have the whole variety of punches that you can use. Shadow Ball is pretty common, but you could always have a surprise focus blast in there. Trevenant and Defense Deoxys surprisingly pair together really well, um, particularly because they don't have to worry about Darks. Normally, a Dark-type Pokemon would core break those two, but now they don't have to worry about it. You also have Metacham and Diggersby on this list. Metacham can protect Diggersby from any fighters that you might see, also any ice types. And Diggersby, it has that fire type coverage as well as Earthquake. I have seen a couple Hyper Beam Diggersbys in the past. I don't think it'll be super relevant here, but it exists. You could run Double Nuke Diggersby. Double Nuke. Um, Walrein and Cofagrigus actually cover each other fairly well. Cofagrigus, who some people affectionately refer to as Greg, is double resisting the counters that Walrein is scared of. And Walrein is just so safe on its own. It's not really countering anything that's beating Cofagrigus except for maybe a Trevenant, but just its safety provides enough play there to make it a good pair also we have zangoose as an option in this cup zangoose is another normal type pokemon with a ghost type fast move and has some really good coverage dark types aren't allowed but dark type moves are still there so zangoose can hit hard with things like night slash and then also has that close combat for a heavy hitting move you could pair it with driftblim driftblim is pretty bulky in the great league and has icy wind which is a really great debuffing move as well as shadow ball so those two cover each other really well as well and triple resists counter um, which is obviously the thing that zangus fears most so that's retro cup let us know what team you're using in the gocast podcast discord server or on twitter maybe or maybe here to so you can hit us up on our personal channels which we always plug at the end of the show in the meantime we've got a couple of mailbag questions to go through DeFi, do you want to hit us up with the first one Sure. First one is from Paul BD, who says, Dear Chris, Kyle, Fish, and DeFi. Last week, someone called you Podcasting's Elite Four, which got me wondering, if you were actually an Elite Four member, what Pokemon would comprise your team of five? The only caveat I'm putting in place is that they have to be a Mon you own and go. Shiny vibes, blah, 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 something about a long email. Paul BD. So... For me, I just picked five, but like I did not think in any way, I didn't spend any time working out like what would be a great core together because that stuff's hard. So um, I just really went with five Pokemon that I have found the most fun to use in PvP, which I went with Walrein, Cradilly, Cofagrigus, Armored Mewtwo, I get an Armored Mewtwo in this scenario, and Typhlosion. That doesn't have a... That's Are you the champion then, Fish? That's not a... Elite Four have like a typing, just like a gym leader would. 
I mean, I can be the non-typed Elite Four member. You know, the classic non-typed Elite Four member. I guess you're going to be the first. <laughs> but okay, or you can be champion. You can say like, forget this. I'm Because cha- the champion can use a variety of types. Which one of those Pokemon would be your ace? Probably the Armored Mewtwo? Oh, it would have to be, I guess. Yeah, Although, I feel like Armored Mewtwo would Tridilli not. Was <laughs> like yes, the, <laughs> like oh, Armored Mewtwo's there, and it's just sed- second fiddle to the Cradilly. Yep. Armored Mewtwo's the opening act. What about you, Dika? Well, I would be a normal type. I don't think the Elite Four in the main series games have ever had a normal type member. There's normal. There's been plenty of normal type gym leaders, but I don't think there've been any normal type Elite Four members. Yeah, not that I know. So maybe I'd be the first. When I thought about this, I thought about making kind of a diverse team of normal types. So try to have a lot of secondary typings. So like Wigglytuff, which is normal fairy, Diggersby, which is normal ground, Noctowl, normal fighting, Pyroar is normal and fire. And obviously my ace is going to be my Mega Lopunny, which is a normal and fighting type Pokemon. Uh, that sounds like a, a really cool team. Um, you've got the Noctowl to counter any fighters that come your way. And also, yeah, I guess the Wigglytuff with the charm as well. So you've got nice coverage there against the main normal type counter. For sure. And just some fun Pokemon that I enjoy as well. So they got to be Pokemon that you like. Yeah, of course. Um, so that leads us to our second question, which comes from Dark Angel 54321 who says, Hello, DeFi and Fish. I'm no hardcore PvP player, but I do play from time to time, which brings me to two questions, if I may. You may. On PV Poke, the best moveset for Registeel involves Zap Cannon. However, I am unable to teach Zap Cannon with my Elite Charge TM. Why is this? Also, how do you XL a Pokemon without its CP going out of range? For example, one of the cups, I think it was Great League, says XL Medicham is the best, but you can't XL Medicham without its CP going over the limit. Good day to you both. Sincerely, Dark Angel 54321. Well, I checked it out on my own Registeel. So when I go to just any Registeel in my party, I can click on an Elite TM from my item bag, an Elite Charge TM, and Zap Cannon comes up as the first option. Just be sure. So for example, if I go to my Registeel that is double moved, if I go to items, Elite Charge TM, the first thing it asks me is which attack should it forget? So be sure to click on the attack that it wants to forget first and then go ahead and select Zap Cannon in the second screen. And then it'll say to teach Zap Cannon. So it should work for you. Yeah, I did actually send a reply to Dark Angel asking for maybe some screenshots or something on that um, because maybe there's something wrong on their end that, uh, that isn't happening for us, but I haven't heard back from them quite yet. So interested to see how that pans out. Uh, the other question was, how do you excel without it going over the CP limit? And the example they gave was Metacham. Our best guess is that you're trying to get the Pokemon to level 50, where it doesn't actually have to reach level 50 to be considered XL, when I'm using quotation marks <laughs> when I say that. Just anything above level 40 
is considered an XL Pokemon. So, for example, the Medicham that I have been slowly building up XL Candy for to level up, that gets to the CP cap at level 49 and a half, and that's an XL Pokemon. So, obviously, if you build it right up to level 50, it will get to that 1500 CP cap and above. Azu is another good example. So I have an Azumarill at 0914. And to get it up to as close to 1500 as possible, it's going to be at sitting at level 47. Um, I have another one that'll go to like 45.5. So those are some options. They don't have to get all the way to level 50 to be considered XL. Hope that helps. Um, if you have any further questions on that, Absolutely feel free to hit us up. We'll be glad to answer them. So that leads us into our shameless plugs. Fish, what's going on over in Pallet Town? So I am totally kicking myself because I completely forgot to mention last week that we've got someone else trying out streaming for the first time on the Pallet Town PvP channel. His name's Hisuian Ryan. He's been in the community since uh, probably the start. And he has been a wonderful student of the game. And he is actually, as we are recording, he is going to be going live in like a couple of hours. So uh, the VOD will be on the Pallet Town PvP YouTube and Twitch channels if you are interested in seeing how he goes. If not, he will be back every second week on a Wednesday night US time. So check him out there. Also, one more quick plug to the team building stream that we will be doing with Lurgan Rocket. That will be Sunday the 17th. It'll be 8 a.m. Eastern US time or midday UTC. And that is on both the Pallet Town YouTube and Twitch channels. And with that, I think we have a segment. We love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fish or for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more Fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. We'll see you next week. All right, Fish and DeFi-E, thank you so very, very much for yet another wonderful PvP Corner segment. And special thanks again for carrying our episode last week. Uh, <laughs> it was 99% the two of you, so thanks a million. Okay, Mr. Kyle, we're, we're near the end of the show here, and I haven't really done a podcast in like almost two weeks. We're, I need some help. What's going on? It's time for emails. Oh, of course, and four voicemails. This first voicemail is from Adam. This is Adam in Austin, Texas. <clears throat> I just um, listened to the latest episode and just wanted to make sure you guys didn't have to say that you had zero voicemails anymore. Plus, I had a really great week uh, in Pogo, so I just wanted to share that I had never gotten a Shendo, and in the past week, I've done a lucky trade that resulted in a Shendo Azelf and a hey. random wow. special trade for a shiny Tepig that also went Shundo. So in the past week, gotten two Shundos. Um, it, I was floored. Um, uh, it was amazing. So uh, anyway, I love the show. You guys are the best. Oh, and just to circle back for a very, uh, to a very long ago email, um, you may remember um, there's a kid in our local community who was just spending money on passes like crazy 
Um, and we were thinking about stepping in and talking to him. And I don't know, it's, I don't even know what episode number it was. It was a long time ago. Anyway, uh, just a quick update on that. Uh, he, he quit shortly thereafter. <laughs> he just quit the game. Uh, so anyway, uh, just closure on that. Anyway, you guys are great. Thanks so much. All right, Adam, I do remember that email. Do you remember that email, Kyle? Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we were like, you know, you got to be like, you know, maybe not an intervention because it is their money sort of thing, responsibility, whatever. Well, uh, I'm happy that it it solved itself, I suppose, that problem. But it is also really great to hear from you. And I cannot believe that you had the gall to leave us a voicemail where you said you got two shundos. I'm out of my mind jealous. <laughs> I, I'm going to let the record stand. I have no shundos. I have played every single community day. I have done so many raids for legendaries. None. And I'm pretty sure Chris has one, and he got it very recently, too. No, it was the no? first EV community day. Oh right! It's my right. Uh, it's my Shundo Espion Neo. It, that's a super rare thing, and I'm very jealous, but also in awe. So congratulations! Uh, moving right along, we actually have two voicemails from Devante. Here's the first one. Hey guys, it's me, Devante, again with another voicemail. Uh, this time I have two questions. Um, one: Do you think Rock Rough? is one of the most sought-after Pokemon ever to be put into one-star raids. And second question, what is a feature on Pokemon Go that you would get rid of, and what would you replace it with? You could choose anything from any MOBA, any other MOBA games, or any other game in general. What is the feature you would get rid of out of Pokemon Go and replace it with another feature? As always, shiny side up, shiny vibes all. Keep up the great work. Chat with you guys later. Bye. All right, Devante. Uh, yeah, aside from Rock Rough and Tier 1 rates, what was another one we saw that was either similar or maybe even greater in popularity? I think the, the only one that really comes to mind, maybe Gibble. I mean, Gibble, yes, but Gibble wasn't extended time. I don't think Gibble counts. Okay. Uh, I think the next answer is Shinx. Yeah, definitely. Shinx. Definitely. People did Shinx raids for probably a year straight. Trying yeah. to feel shiny. And Clink was released at the same time alongside it with the same yeah. treatment, and it was not nearly as, as uh, popular. No, definitely not. People Shinx. wanted it, but not like Shinx. No. So I think I think Shinx is at the same level as Rockruff. I would agree. Cats and dogs? Yeah. Cats and dogs. And then the second question of what feature would we remove and what we replace it with? Uh, I this is kind of a, a, a really kind of complex question. I don't know if I could give you a really good answer off the top of my head here. And I'm going first. I'm buying Kyle some more time here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would probably want to remove raids, but not raids as an idea or a concept, but as the mechanic currently exists. I think raids are raids are just boring. They just yeah. are boring. The best part about raiding is everything else besides the actual tapping and fighting. I don't really dodge anymore. I don't really do a lot of other things. Short manning also isn't that exciting for me anymore because T4s don't exist. 
And, you know, there's just I, I really feel like rating has a lot of potential and it's had more potential in the past. And some of the changes we've made in order to make it more accessible or more consistent across the board difficulty wise has sort of gutted it. Agreed. And it's hard because the best part about doing raids, like you said, it's not doing the raid. It's being with other people. Yeah. <laughs> and like catching the shiny Pokemon, you know, like. <laughs> and you know, you know what? I'm going to take your answer and make it my own because you've <laughs> given me the answer. First off, for the most part, there's nothing in Go that I would remove. There's mm-hmm. many things that I would change, like the gift giving system. It's just, it's very frustrating and needlessly so. It's a waste of your time. Most other mobile games have a send all button. Why doesn't go? But that's not really removing, that's enhancing. Remove the catching of the legendary at the end of a raid. Okay, but what about other settings like GBL and stuff? I mean, I think it should apply for the GBL as well. GBL is even an even bigger problem mm-hmm. from what I've heard. It's not a personal one for me, but I would rather run away from a legendary when I'm playing actively than to try and catch it probably 70% of the time mm-hmm. because catching the legendary is so frustrating. I can do it. I can catch every single legendary I run across if I want to. Most of the time I don't want to because it's just annoying. I agree. And, and they're one of the only things, actually the only thing in this game that's ever made me actually sort of rage in the moment was when we were in Indianapolis and that one Zekrom sent me over the edge. Like <laughs> I've yeah. never felt more disrespected by a legendary catchy <laughs> that, sequence. Uh, by the way, Chris, just I have to share this now here. That Tapu yeah. Bulu that I invited you to earlier when me and my girlfriend were out. Yeah. It ran for me. <laughs> yeah. 18, 18 <laughs> balls. Probably 14 of those were excellence and they ran for me. So I'm, I'm this is fresh salt. <laughs> Gonna move Four, on though. 14 of those on. 14 of those were excellence? Yeah. You're getting better, Kyle. Getting no, better. I, I can always hit excellence on legendaries. It's never a problem when I'm actually trying on a legendary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't try and everything else. (laughs) Hope you enjoy those answers, Devante. Here's your second voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Devante here leaving a message for Team Voicemail. Team Voicemail? I've been holding that in for a while. Uh, To answer this week's PokePole about the community days, first off, uh, the length of time that I play a community day really depends on the Pokemon and if I'm into it or not uh the new pokemon that's coming out is very interesting and one of my low-key favorites so i will probably try to grind all three hours for that one same thing for the um mudkip community day classic coming up i never got to participate in the first one so i would and i don't have the shiny so i would love to grind hard big win all three hours for that one with that being said, I'm kind of sad about the six hours going down to three because the six hours allowed me and a lot of other people to have freedom, as Kyle has said, to take breaks or to pick and choose when they want to start. As for event bonuses, I really don't care about hatching eggs. I'm sorry. Uh Unless there's a Pokemon in that egg pool that I care about, I really don't care about the egg hatching uh, bonuses. 
I do love good Stardust and experience bonuses. But again, if the Pokemon isn't interesting, I'm probably not going to be interested in the event in the event as a whole. And a lot of these past community days, I really was not into. But yeah, that's my answer for the Pokepoll. You guys keep up the great work. Stay safe. Shiny vibes all and shiny side up as always. Chat with you later. Delante, thank you so much for saying us voicemails two weeks in a row, even though we didn't have a show. That is some commitment, and I appreciate that quite a bit. I'm seriously, I'm not, I'm not making a joke. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, this was an answer to a Pokeball question we had a few episodes ago about how long do you play community days, and what is the driving factor for determining how long you play on a community day on average. And it sounds like Devante is kind of in the same boat for us. Like we'll play the entire time. Um, and, uh, we intend to, but we also, you know, it really, really kind of depends on the Pokemon. I think that's true for a lot of people, even people that are like me, hardcore six hour players, the, the quality of play I'm doing during that six hour window, my effort is absolutely impacted by the Pokemon that's in front of me. And also the bonus that's active, you know? So uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think Mm -hmm. we're all kind of guilty of a little bit of bias for sure. But, um, thank you for weighing in Devante. Appreciate it. All right, and our last voicemail is from Hisuian Ryan, the artist formerly known as Sports. Hey, Chris and Kyle. This is Hisuian Ryan, formerly Sports, calling in for Team Voicemail. Team Voicemail. And uh, I changed my username to Hisuian Ryan because Sports was just too tough to say. Uh, I would go into new <laughs> Twitch streams and folks would think I am F. S. Zort. <laughs> um, but it turns <laughs> out Hisuian Ryan is not the easiest name to figure out how to say anyways. So, uh, so don't know if I accomplished my goal there, but, uh, but Hey, um, I am loving this season of Alola. Um, aside from the original Kanto region, um, the Indigo league, uh, being, you know, OG grew up with that, love that show. But my second favorite is, uh, is sun and moon. And it was my comfort show when it came out. Uh, during the pandemic um, uh, got me through some of that. So um, I'm really loving this Pokemon. Really excited for Stuffle Community Day. I think I'm going to go for a maxed out beware. uh, Hopefully I can get everything I need in those three hours. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to call and say I'm uh, looking forward uh, very much to the meetup in May. Going to buy my plane ticket today. And uh, just can't wait to meet meet you guys. Um, you know, the, the Pokemon Go community really does feel like home away from home. Uh, it's been a roller coaster of, of a few years here, and, and uh, the community's always been there. And, and so really thankful for you guys and the podcast in particular. So, hey, have a great April, and uh, looking forward to the next podcast. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ryan, yeah. thank you so much. That was, uh, that was such a nice a nice voicemail. And I am so hyped to meet you uh, at, at Mall of America for our <laughs> meetup as well. That's going to be super, super cool. Very, very excited. Uh, Kyle and I are road tripping. We're not flying. It's going to be fun. I, I want the public to know this is against my will. I also want the public to know that I, I am obsessing over some of these details and I keep making at everyone large tag posts of lists and things because we have two cars and like six. Pe- uh, it's great. It's going to be great. Um, hopefully I don't run over any ladders this time. That's the plan. <laughs> That's the plan. Oh, did I did I tell you that I came back in a weird way? 
No. So remember how I thought I got off scot-free, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you did tell me about this one. I, I have not told you the rest of the story. It has gotten <laughs> oh, worse. No. Okay. So long story short, we were coming back from Indianapolis from GoFest last year. There's a, a ladder in the middle of the road. We were the car in front of us was a van. We couldn't see ahead of us and we were going too fast. We couldn't swerve. So I tried to center it. Figured that was the best thing to do. We would have lost a tire otherwise, probably, or something bad, whatever. Anyway, it hit the bottom of the car. Colin went, ah! and uh, and then we kept driving, and we checked it. It was completely fine. It was fine for months, and then all of a sudden, a little plastic cover from the bottom of my car started to hang down, and I was like, huh, I wonder if it has to do with, hmm, I'm not sure. So anyway, uh, my my dad and I are looking at it, and he helps me you know, figure out what to do. He's like, you probably should take this in, of course, but until then, you know, it's winter. You're not really driving as much. You're not going to the office. Let's just tape it up for right now, right? And so you can take it in. So we taped it. I kind of left it for a while. Anyway, I was going down the driveway and at the bottom of the driveway, there's a slight indent where the driveway ends and the street begins and it bounces your car a little bit. And I had my window open and I did that. And it sounded like I dropped a wrench or like a nut <laughs> or a log, like a lug nut, like fell out from underneath my car. I'm like, uh oh. So I pull back in my driveway, I get out and look around. Nothing, not a thing. And then I back out again. Boom, on the little on the little bump. There's the sound again. Ring, ring, ring. The sound of my nightmares when it comes from a car, of course, right? So I'm driving and stuff. It's actually completely fine. The car feels fine. But whenever I make a slight little bump for any vertical change, really, at almost any speed, it'll make that sound. And our best guess, I'm almost I'm almost certain this is the case, Kyle. That ladder sheared one of those screws off. <laughs> Because I have evidence of that, but I don't know where the other half of it is. Just, it is absolutely bouncing around in there. <laughs> just go take it in. I'm going to. And of course, before we do our road trip, I'm going to. I just had to tell you because it's what I've been thinking it's about. It's going to probably most. take them like two hours to fix. Oh, yeah. No, it won't take very long at all. But yeah, that was that's what happened. That's the update on the ladder story. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, Anyway, Ryan, we're looking forward very much to meeting you. And thank you for the voicemail. Uh, and I hope that you also have a great April. It's going to be a, a good month, all this fun stuff happening. Okay, that's it for voicemails. We're going to be doing a few emails. Just a heads up, we are running rather long. We knew this is going to be a longer show. And there are a lot of emails because uh, we didn't record for like a week and a half, two weeks-ish. So uh, we're going to read a few of these. And then we'll move the rest of them to next week because otherwise we'll be here far too long <laughs> so uh cool why don't we start with our first email here kyle would you mind the first email is from cloudy lee and they said hi love the show guys you present it really well the camaraderie and formula keep me coming back i wanted to discuss how i sometimes feel about our beloved game pokemon go the addiction is very very real so here are two of my tweets summing up my thoughts. I often feel Niantic treats Pokemon Go players like many large businesses treat their employees with disdain and disrespect. I feel sometimes that they make you feel obligated to play certain events and to play them very hard when you shouldn't, like three-hour community days. Play our way or the highway, as if they think you have nothing better to do. Love the game, but sometimes feel pressure to play just to keep up with others in a competitive way. I can't be the only one and three hour community days or go battle days are just two examples of this. I have two young sons I have staying with me most weekends. So I often have to miss a a big chunk of events. 
I know others will have work or other life events. I can't be the only one, but just thought I'd share my frustration. Something that can't be removed with a charge TM when Team Rocket are in town. Keep it up, Chris and Kyle, and a special mention to the PvP corner team. Shiny vibes all and peace. Cloudy Lee 99. So I think it's it's probably natural and it's it's rather accurate for you to feel like they're pressuring you to play a certain way because, of course, they want us to play a certain way, uh, whatever benefits them or profits for them, right? Or just increases general positive sentiment about the game. I think the problem is, is that they're over-tuning that pressure. Uh, if we can feel it, that's probably not a good sign. Yeah. So I, I think disdain and disrespect might be a little bit strong for describing Niantic because and mm-hmm. I agree entirely with the points being made though but Niantic has taken a very clear stance they want you to play the game a specific way and if they don't they are okay with you not playing that's as awful as that is as much as I don't like having to say that at the current moment that's the stance they've taken on the game and we as players have to kind of decide whether we want to keep playing or not, whether now, that is the deal breaker for you or not. I would agree with you that that is the apparent stance, but I do want to clarify that they haven't actually said that. They haven't said, you know, no, if, you can't, they, if you can't play this game, then get out of here. This isn't for you. In fact, they have condemned that another, and we talked about this like last week um, or the last time we had a conversation about this, about some people being a little bit, ableist in their conversations around the six hour community day but that's not what kyle is saying yeah i'm wholly against it but we can only go based on the changes we are receiving and with the frequency that the changes have happened now and what is going to happen moving forward with community days probably niantic is taking their stance until they say otherwise it's what we have to work with yeah and I, i what i would say is instead of Instead of disdain and disrespect, it's more like confusion and miscommunication because it's they have all the information to make the right decisions, at least from our perspectives. But then they have to try to cut in, you know, the business goals as well. And I, like I said before, I think the balance is just not tuned. I am. Um, yeah. I'll take a, a slight aside to that. I don't think it's necessarily confusion, but I think it's miscommunication and I'm going to say dedication. They have an Mm. idea. They are fixed on their idea one way or another. However, we may feel about it. However, the player base may feel about it. They are fixed on it and that's what they're going to do. And then the miscommunication is because they're not able to present it in a way that players can accept their dedication as well. I would 100% agree. That being said, you know, I don't think any of us think that Pokemon Go is a perfect game. So please keep giving this feedback. Uh, How you feel is valid. It doesn't matter what anybody else says or what we say about what is reasonable or not. Whatever you're feeling is is how you're feeling. Um, We just try to take a rather objective approach to these sorts of things. Right. Um, But we're also confused and upset about the six hour to three hour thing. So, hey. (laughs) Our next email is from Native G100, and they said, What's happening, Chris and Kyle? This is another Chris, or if we are using trainer names, I'm Native G100XO. Level 41 team instinct trainer from Denver, Colorado. Longtime listener, first time writing in. I'm an everyday player that is always checking spawns, spinning stops, spinning stops, and hitting raids on my daily commute, either around my neighborhood or on my way to and from work. 
I'm always on the lookout for each new episode so I can keep up with the new events and Pokemon that are coming out. I really enjoy GoCast podcast. You guys always keep it interesting, informative, yet very humorous. You and the boys over at Lured Up Podcast too, my top two favorite podcasts. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> oh my gosh, we love the folks over at Lured Up as well. I'm currently writing this on April 1st, the start of the Ditto event, so I'm excited to see how it will play out. I have GoCast Chris and my friends listen. I do like sending you random invites just to see if you join. I appreciate that, by the way. Some I think you might want and some just for kicks, LOL. <laughs> Keep the ones for kicks coming. They're very funny. I'd like to add Kyle if he has room for another listener as a friend. That's all I got for now. Keep up the great work, fellas. Shiny vibes all. P.S. Do you think there will ever be a chance to change forms on my Hoopa into the unbound form in the future? I missed the window for it during the event, so I didn't know. Oh, as I didn't know, it would be a one time thing. All right. First of all, Kyle, uh, we're going to have to send this man your friend code. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I have plenty of friends, uh, friend space. I'm, I'm trying to get better at at least opening gifts. The sending yeah. gifts will never improve. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I hate the system. So fair enough. I understand. I am also just as guilty. Uh, so what do we know about this Hoopa situation? I don't think I've looked at my Hoopa since that event happened. Y- you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure my Hoopa is the normal, f- the contained form because I didn't really think about it. Mine is as well, and I, I have a change form yeah. button right here. I also have the option, but I only have 83 candy, so I don't want to hit it because I... <laughs> oh, I've got 158 for some unknown reason. 158? What did I do? <laughs> I think maybe I put 100 candy in it for some reason oh, sometime. Oh, my Lord. I don't remember. But I don't... I would say that that kind of indicates that you should be able to form change at any point in time if you have the Pokemon. I'm kind of confused by this. Yeah, I pretty sure hoopa's form is available at all points in the game yeah i'm not sure and if not um that sounds like a like an error i'd probably get in touch with niantic help and ask them but uh, yeah i don't have any or actually we don't have any information about that we don't know (laughs) we didn't even do it the first time (laughs) we're like there you go dex entry that's nice (laughs) here's a bowl of rice (laughs) and a hundred rare candy in chris's case i guess so just gotta sweeten them up just a little bit um, but thank you very much for the email native G 100. Our last emails from Oliver and they said, thank you for all the work you two put into this podcast between the two of you. You've made my Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes Saturdays, the best <laughs> days of the week for me. Also, I think professor Willow sounds like a less Australian Chris Hemsworth, shiny vibes, all Oliver. <laughs> Yeah, Chris, we're just we're making everybody's every day of the week better. The the like real classy amount of shade is great. I mean, it's probably it's probably no malice in it whatsoever, but it is so funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, this is a great time for us to point out the fact that uh, while we did claim rather confidently that Professor Willow does not have a voice actor, uh, turns out in fact that he does, and we should have known that. Because we saw the video and the events. This is our it was, job, Chris. Yeah, I know. We should we should know better. But <laughs> I'm down for a less Australian Chris Hemsworth. I like that change. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to cut the email section there. Um, but just so you know, we're not throwing out your emails. So Artemis Dragon, Paul BD, and Tyrion, we will have your emails next week. So thank you very much for sending those in. We are not forgetting about you. 
But that brings us to the end of the show. If you would like to send us an email like these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail and share your experiences or give us a hard time, you can do so by calling 262-586-7717. Visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast, gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Not our only, but might as well be our only social media feed. I don't touch anything else. Twitter's the best at GoCast Podcast. If you want to help support the show monetarily, we do use Patreon, and uh, that's P A T R E O N dot com, and then do forward slash GoCast Podcast, all one word, no spaces, and you can help support the show. Well, as little as $1 a month gets you access to our patron Discord. And actually, if you sign up for 12 months all at once, I think it's 1080, you get a discount. So that's a whole year's worth for less than $11. Not a bad deal. But shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons for helping make this show possible. Thank you to Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zach Walker, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin and Mimi, Hisui and Ryan, Thayer, <laughs> Jason, Charles and Modders. We appreciate you all so very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we do have one new review, which is a great avenue to help support the show if monetary support is not in the cards for you or not possible or not wise. Uh, You can leave us a review and that helps us out a whole lot and it's free for you to do. This one is from GL Harder and it says the GoCast podcast is a great source of information related to the game. They dive into current events, spawns to look for in GBL slash self metas for PvP. One of the most helpful PvP sources I've come across, Fish and DeFi-E are amazing hosts. The show even has a side segment where two guys, Chris and Kyle, talk about non-PVP-related happenings in the game. All in all, great <laughs> show. Sorry for the long review. <laughs> oh, sorry for the long review. is a good one. That's a good one. Uh, that's so funny. It's, it's funny because you make this joke, but this is how we talk about our show now. We talk about Fish and DeFi-E as like the hosts, and we just kind of like, we're hobbyists. <laughs> I guess, but uh, thank you so much for that review. And that brings us to the final, final thing that we have to do, Kyle, which is set some goals for next week. Yep. This upcoming weekend, we have an event on Saturday. It's that little execute thing. And then all day on Sunday is going to be go battle day. (sighs) All right. Well, I am working on sunday right that's that's go battle day that's what we just said yeah that's actually yeah. the best day for you to work <sighs> because it doesn't matter what time of the day you do the event yeah but it takes like four hours to go through all the it sets does. they give you it so absolutely does it, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to do the 35 or 40 battles that i did and i'm like oh my losing my mind oh my. um I, i'm definitely going to take part in the execute the execute research I hope I can play the whole time. I know I have some other commitments that day. I just don't know what times they are. Um, I'm definitely going to take part in Go Battle Day. I have no specific goal. I just want to make sure I take part in it. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. There's the time research. I want to finish whatever that's going to be, hopefully. Okay. And uh, on that same note, then, let's say, because it's a Go Battle Day, 400,000 Stardust this week. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna make a goal for your win loss ratio. Absolutely not. Oh is come it, on! Is it great? It's great league, right? Yeah. 
because uh, I'm going to try some new stuff that I have that I'm oh. gonna, that are not optimal PvP IVs, but they're new Pokemon that are oh, very come good. Oh, put so. your shillings on the counter, man. I, I don't know how many games I'm going to play. It doesn't matter. Take a take a wild guess. You think when I say, oh, I'm going to get any shiny this week, I'm actually feeling confident about that? No, of course not. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> fine, because I'm still low ranked and I'm actually somewhat confident in PvP. I'm going to say a 60% win rate. Because that's what okay. I currently have at the moment. Oh my goodness. 60% win rate. All righty. Boy, I'm excited for next episode already. Okay. Uh, for me, I want to do 50 eggs, 25 kilometers, the execute research, and finish this current, uh, what is it? Bulu Bulu? It's not Bulu Bulu. That's the Tapu's Ula, name. What's the uh, name of Ula, the Ula Ula. Ula. I want to finish that research as well. And I would put down the collection challenge for but you already did it. That's right. Leaving points on the table, Chris. No, that's all right, man. I, I pressured you into doing something difficult. I can't <laughs> take the freebies this time. <laughs> Alrighty, So that's it for us. And thank you so much for listening all the way through this very long episode. Uh, and we'll see you next week uh, with those emails we're paying forward. And also us, I suppose, <laughs> for episode 188. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.